please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and I am back with you once again for the another episode of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. In fact, it's episode number 186. Today is January the 29th, 2024, and we have a jam-packed episode of reviews, trip reports, and news. But before we get into all that, I've got to welcome in my monorail co-host coming to you from well i'm not going to give away his location i'll let him do it back from a two-week vacation it's your favorite it's my favorite he's a favorite member of the monorail like family and he's the one who dishes out those titles as well it's landon the dawes don't landon welcome back to the monorail hi everybody coming to you from the isolation station of love uh hold on one second uh, you say I've been on a two-week vacation, uh, but in the last two weeks here in uh, East Tennessee, though East Tennessee was doing its best uh, Alaska impersonation, it has been anything but a two-week vacation for yours truly, but I am glad to be back on the Monday morning monorail with you, the lovely listener, and you, my friend, Justin Monorail. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you're back. We've, we've definitely missed you, and I got to say, just looking at the downloads over the last couple of weeks, I think the the Land and the Dodds Done fans have been avoiding the show while you've been gone. So, oh, yeah, we need a we need a <laughs> kick in the pants. So I, I hope you're ready to bring it today. Well, uh, I'll do my best, uh, not only with effort, but hopefully we can get that Dodds bump that uh, that I'm known for. Question. Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping so. I got my fingers crossed for the Dodds bump. <laughs> it sounds like well, it, yeah. That- I mean, like like if you're a fan, uh, this is kind of an old school episode. It's just uh, yours truly and Papa Monorail. We're uh, we're tag teaming this uh, so so and so. Yeah, that's today. right. Yeah, yeah. uh huh. An old school episode. A, a throwback, if you will, and and hopefully we're going to bring that energy that you all uh, know and love from the the old Monday Morning Monorail podcast. Yeah, well, don't be promising things we can't deliver. Ah, uh, well, I should we should we under promise and over deliver? Is that what you're saying? There we go. Yep. Uh huh. Okay. It's, it's a good way to live life. All right. Well, this show is going to be very mediocre then. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and put that in the iTunes review. Still give us five stars, but say, quote, this show is going to be very mediocre. Oh, yeah. And speaking By the of. Way, if, if, if you have given us an iTunes uh, review in the past, go hit up the iTunes store and give us a uh, refreshed, a revised review, if you will. Uh, that helps give uh, give this show more traction, more eyeballs, more earballs, so to speak. On the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. You could make dummy accounts and go out and give us like extra five star <laughs> reviews. That would be really fun for all of I us. I mean, that, that that feels kind of sweaty. I mean, it's not illegal, but it's not ethical. But, I mean, <laughs> as as the old saying goes, uh, all's fair in uh, love and podcasting. Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad you brought up the iTunes reviews because I was just going to say again, said it last week. I'll say it again this week. For those of you who are joining us for the first time and maybe you're already confused what you're listening to, That's this 
this show started as a Disney theme park only podcast. And we used to even say about Universal, it was the park down the road. However, over the years, we have changed. We've grown. We've we have expanded. And now we are a all inclusive theme park show. We like to talk about Universal. We've talked about SeaWorld two weeks in a row. And I'm just going to give you a teaser. We're going to do it again today. So that's that's unprecedented. Three weeks in a row of SeaWorld news. Um, we've mentioned Bush Gardens here and there, and we've definitely talked about it. So this is a show. Little land gets a shout out every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a show for theme park we lovers. We talk about news from Legoland. We just mentioned Legoland. Peppa Pig Land, you know, all that stuff. Uh-huh, yep. <laughs> yeah, but this this is a show for theme park lovers, uh, and, and in particular, if you're a big fan of Disney and Universal, because primarily that's where we sit. But we, yeah, we talk about all kinds of things. Nothing, as long as it's good theme park news, it's not out of bounds. And so, uh, and if it is your first time listening, welcome to the show. I, I don't know if you know this, but just joining the show for one listen, even if you just turn us off after five minutes, well, unfortunately, you're already a member of the Monorail family. So welcome. We're happy the family's expanding, and we hope that you stick around because it makes Thanksgiving so much more fun when when we've got a lot more people around the table. So, um Yeah. And, and with that being said, Landon, you were talking about the last couple of weeks that uh, while you've been away, Knoxville has not been a real fun place weather-wise. And I know you were stuck at the station. Um, basically, it was like a lock-in with your work colleagues. And who doesn't want to do that? I mean... Me, me I'm raising my hand. I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the last couple weeks, uh, East Tennessee uh, got some weather, let's just say. Uh, that weather included about a foot of snow and then about one to two inches of ice on top and mixed in. Of that snow. And if uh, you don't know my background, I uh, am a uh, radio producer who works at a news talk station here in Knoxville, Tennessee. And whenever inclement weather like that happens, you have a responsibility to your market, in my case, Knoxville, to be on the air to let people know about school and business closings, uh, inclement weather updates and uh, road conditions, more particularly where you can't drive. So uh, being a producer, I had to make sure that my talent and my news people could get on the air. So I lived Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, five nights straight at the radio station. And then Friday, Saturday, they sprung for me to get out of the radio station because the roads had become manageable at that point to stay at a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> and let me tell you, that was the happiest I had ever been to see a Holiday Inn Express. It felt like I was checking in uh, to like the Polynesian or something. It was it was so incredible uh, to check in and walk into that room with a king bed, just knowing I didn't have to sleep on the pullout couch uh, of a uh, the sports animals, Tyler Ivans for one more night. <laughs> Though I did have to go and sleep back on Ivan's couch uh, Sunday night because I said Sunday back to the Holiday Inn Express on Monday. And then finally, 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 uh, the roads thawed out around my house to get back home the following Tuesday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <sighs> and exhale. That sounds awful. Um, and just, you know, I, I was... I was feeling bad for you. I was I was rooting for you to get home and and just so you know, I was suffering as well because Florida temperatures dropped down here the last couple of weeks. They were down in the 50s. I mean, it was really miserable and um 
you know, when I when I ended up going to the park on Wednesday, it was like 70 degrees. And I was just like, oh, man, I can't believe this winter is killing me. I <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I did. So I did something on Wednesday. And by the way, we're going to so we're going to do this show just a little bit differently today. I, I've got a couple of uh, park reports that I'm going to bring to you today to kick, kind of kick off the show. And then we've got news at the end. It's a slow week of Disney news. So, I mean, there's a couple things we can mention. One one joke thing I want to mention uh, before we get to Universal and SeaWorld. But really, and I also have kind of a crowdsourcing thing I want to throw out to you, the lovely listener, for an upcoming trip that uh, me and the Smokinot girlfriend have coming up in the month of February. Uh, we're wanting to try and find some new things to do yeah. when we're down at Disney. And I want to pick y'all's brains, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. We can do that too at the end. And But, but before we get into all that, um, so as, as all of you know, if you're a listener to this show, the Country Bear Jamboree shut down and performed its last show of the classic show um, this Friday. Friday was the last day of the classic Country Bear Jamboree show. It's now going down for a refurbishment, somewhat lengthy, probably won't open until the summertime or so. And when it reopens, it's going to be a whole new set list. Um, the, the bears are getting new looks. I'm hoping, and we'll talk about this as we get into it, that the the actual auditorium gets maybe a new sound system and they update some of those things in the actual theater. But, uh, yeah, there, it's going to be Disney songs in the style of modern Nashville. Now, we've talked about that, and I've shared my thoughts on it. And, um, and the more and more I thought about it, I wasn't really super excited about it. So... I decided that this week on Wednesday, I would go to the Magic Kingdom and pay my respects to the original Country Bear Jamboree. And one thing to point out, Country Bear Jamboree used to exist at Disneyland. It doesn't anymore. It's been gone there for a while. So the only Country Bear Jamboree was in Magic Kingdom in Orlando. So this is really kind of bidding farewell because the show is not going to be the same when it comes back. It's it's sure. Yes, they're going to be bear animatronics. They're going to be singing songs. But this isn't going to be like a throwback to any kind of a, a classic Disney attraction, because as we mentioned, like the the Country Bear Jamboree was one of the last things sticking around that Walt had his fingerprints on. So, you know, as, as we kind of turn the page on that, and that's fine. We have to keep moving forward, as they said, and meet the Robinsons. Um, it's time to give some final thoughts on that. So I did make a Magic Kingdom day. Lana, before we get too far into that, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on the Country Bear Jamboree. Uh, unfortunately, this is an attraction or show that I never have experienced, and I guess I never will have experienced. I've seen some videos, particularly this week, people, as you kind of hilariously said, going to pay their respects. Yeah. It's, it's not dying. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's going to come back, but um, I digress. Uh, I've seen clips and I guess songs from. Country Bear Jamboree, but me personally, I've never experienced it. And I I mean, I understand why we saw the weights and the lines we saw this week, particularly the day it closed, but I find it kind of hilarious for the lack of a better term. This is a this is something that generally was a walk-on oh, yeah. before we were approaching uh the grand finale, so to speak, and then the week of the day of. We saw lines that just wrapped all the way out of Adventureland, and and it's like like this is this is still for the Country Bear Jamboree. No, no, this is this is the front of Animal Kingdom now. That's that's how long those lines got. 
Yeah, it was. Well, especially on Friday. It, I, yes, I will say particularly on. Friday. Yeah, I will say on Wednesday, I didn't have any issue getting into the show. And how, how how long did you wait, if at all, on Wednesday when you went? It was really just between shows. So if I didn't okay. if I didn't walk right in with the doors open, I just had to wait uh, until it did. Um, and I found out something because this is not something that I ever would have known had I not tried it on Wednesday. But when you get out of the Country Bear Jamboree, the doors open, they release you back into the Magic Kingdom. All you have to do is walk out back into uh, Frontierland, make a make a U-turn, and the doors for the next show will not have opened by the time you get back in line. So I back-to-backed Country Bear Jamboree just to really? see just to see if I could do it. Just and I did. Um, so yeah, it's it's like I think they give you sort of let's say three or four minutes to get out of the theater before they even open the doors for the next the- uh, show, which to me was kind of funny. Cause if you think about like when you go to Phil magic, or if you go to Muppet vision 3d, when they open the doors to let you out, they're already opening the doors to let the next show in, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. <laughs> so you're getting chased out of your seats by that next crowd. Um, I guess country bear jamboree, they don't need that kind of efficiency because you know, it's like you said, it's usually not like there's a big, you're not waiting multiple shows to see it unless you were there Friday. So anyways, um, so I did go and I and I got to see the show a couple more times. Um, so let me let me I'll just start there and then we'll go back and talk about like how I approach the day. But this is my thoughts. So the show is absolutely dated. It You know, but the songs and I, I forgive my ignorance. I don't know if these are classic bluegrass songs that they pulled, like maybe folk songs that they pulled to actually put the show together. Or if they're all originals, I would imagine that they're probably originals. Um, but I don't know, like is blood on the saddle, like something that you would have heard if you were up in the mountains of, let's just say Tennessee, uh, back in the, you know, 1920s or so. I, I don't know. Um, uh, that, that is a song by Tex Ritter. It's, it, 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 it it's been around for, for a hot minute. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so there you go. I mean, so, so some of the songs, um, then are for sure not originals, but it, it, I'll at least say they're not popular. They're not songs that people are well aware of. And so it feels, at the very you're not hearing Taylor Swift cover it on the radio is what you're saying. Yeah, it feels it feels at least like they're country bear exclusive type songs. So that's kind of cool. Um, and also, I like I feel like we've gotten to the point where that show, it, the fact that it's so it feels so old, the music feels so old and, and the animatronics are definitely like kind of showing their age a little bit. That it is sort of like going and visiting like, oh, this is a nice little throwback to the past, which I think people feel like when you go ride the Carousel of Progress, like it has a similar feel to it or, you know, any of those uh, classic type attractions or like even. OK, I'll say when you when you ride the Grand Fiesta Tour and at the end you get to see the three Caballeros animatronics, you can tell that's not like cutting edge technology. Those have been around a long time and it's but it's kind of cool to see that and get to see like say how far we've come with some of the current animatronics that are out there. So it it's, it's definitely visiting a point in time and it's definitely a throwback. It's not, you know, it's not like a current, it's not going to blow your mind with special effects or, or anything like that, but it's I'm fu- glad. I'm glad you threw out the term throwback. And it's like, I, I, I admit it. I haven't experienced this attraction. That was kind of part of the reason that this was never high on my list of priorities when I was in the Magic Kingdom, because as I've said, the most valuable form of currency you have when you're at 
Disney Disney Park is your time. And I, it's like I always felt like, OK, Country Bear Jamboree. It's like this kind of feels like something out of like a Chuck E. Cheese type thing. Seeing animatronics, quote unquote, perform songs doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah. Well, and, and that's totally understandable. Um, it's It really is like more seeing a piece of Disney history. I feel that way when I go to the Tiki Room. Like, I'm not blown away by these animatronic birds that are like you can hear the wait, 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 wait. the servos animatronic <laughs> yeah because have you ever gotten pooped on in there well there's a reason for that well there was that one time <laughs> they removed that guest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like i feel that way when i go to the tiki room you you hear the robots <laughs> the, the animatronics you hear the servos you hear them clicking you you know it's it's almost distracting in a way um to hear like if you're sitting right underneath a, a cluster of them and you hear them you know clicking away and moving um but it's a fun show and again it's not gonna blow you away with special effects it's just like oh this is cool this is like part of disney history so okay i get that yeah a similar a similar experience um so the the thing that i really that stood out to me the one of the uh one of the biggest things that stood out to me watching the show on wednesday they've got these three mounted animal heads on the wall on the side of the theater where you exit um there's a moose there's a buffalo and uh, I think a, like a deer head is the other one. I, I'm sorry if I'm I can't remember the third. I don't pay a lot of attention to those guys, but they're over there. But what happened was I pay a lot of attention to it now. We're on Wednesday because they move and react to the show as it's going on. And their the sound of their like mechanics and inner workings was so loud that to me it was distracting particularly like when I sat on that side of the theater, I was like, good grief. Like it's so, I never noticed how loud those things just moving around blinking and, you know, moving their heads back and forth were, but they're very, very loud. Um, so the second show I saw, I sat more in the middle of the theater and you could still, I mean, it's still pretty obvious. You can hear it over the music. Um, wait, you could hear it over the music. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Um, but, but here's what I was going to say. So the crowds and maybe they were biased crowds, I definitely saw people on Wednesday that were wearing like country bear shirts or one guy even had a top hat with a coonskin cap on co on top of it, um, <laughs> you know, and, and so it was people who were there to see the country bears, but they were clapping along. They were laughing at the jokes. They were cheering. And it was really fun to be part of that because you don't I don't think you typically get theaters that are that engaged in the show. So so that was really fun. Um, so. My concern about this whole thing is that I know they're updating the look of the bears. I know they're updating the songs. I feel like it's going to feel off, like something's weird when you go see it now. Because unless they're giving us brand new updated animatronics, which they're not, it's still going to be the classic animatronics. It's still going to be in the classic theater. I guess they'll probably, they might update the look of it a little bit. But it's going to feel like there's a mismatch in the music and the show you're getting matched up with the animatronics in the theater. I think um, mm. it's going to feel like out of sync or something. And I compared it to when the Tiki room uh, had its little foray no, into under new management, under yeah. new management with Iago. Cause I'm pretty sure the songs during that time were Disney songs from Disney movies. They changed it um, and people didn't like it. They, it just, it didn't work. So you said, you know, it's not really farewell or, you know, paying your respects. And if this show never comes back 
it kind of is a little bit because that little piece of classic Disney is is being, you know, we're turning the page. However, I think there's a chance that it could someday. I mean, I would have sworn to you that um, Happily Ever After wasn't going to come back <laughs> when Enchantment debuted. Lo and behold. And yet it did. Um, <laughs> I think when they introduced the Tiki Room under new management, they didn't think the classic Tiki show would ever come back. And it did. So I'll just say it's something to think about. Like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and you specifically name checking the Tiki room dot, dot, dot under new management. If this is a change that is not well received by fans, Disney has shown precedent. Okay. Yeah. We, we can pivot back to what the fans want and, you know, you got to give the people what they want. They are still the paying customer at the end of the day. And hopefully Disney would listen if this is just a flat out disaster. Yeah. They will go back, but let's not let's not go ahead and doomcast uh Country Bear Jamboree 2.0 as a disaster because we haven't even seen what it's going to be and I know we're not getting new animatronics, but hearing that like some of the uh side pieces for the okay, wrong terminology i i admit that but uh <laughs> some of the accoutrement on the wall is drowning out uh some of the music up on the stage hopefully they can tighten up the uh the nuts and bolts so to speak and they can make it as smooth as possible for the new iteration of the jamboree when it comes back yeah and i i hope that they will i hope that they um I, that's that's the thing I think that I could I think could really benefit is if they update the sound system, maybe, you know, update as much as possible or at least oil up the animatronics <laughs> um, so they don't click around so much. But uh, that would be nice. And, you know, you're, you're right. I'm not trying to doom cast. All I'm really saying is if it doesn't work, there's a chance it could come back. It could work. But I also think that if you're using the modern Nashville sound and applying that to Disney songs uh, from from animated classics. Uh, the other question that comes up in my mind is how long will that modern Nashville sound actually be relevant until yeah. until like 10, 15 years you go see? And th- that's a long run if it, if it goes that long. Great. But you go in there t- t- 10, 15 years later and all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is cute. These This is the way songs sounded 10 years ago. Yeah, this is already dated. How long will the modern sound be modern? And it's interesting that they're going with the quote-unquote modern Nashville sound. There are country fans who don't like the current sound of country music. They long for the days of that old-school outlaw country of, of you know Johnny Cash and and Waylon Jennings and stuff like that. And they're kind of moving away from that. So yeah. I mean, you, you obviously can't please everybody because if we're trying to please everybody, you'll please nobody. But yeah, that that is a very good point. If you're trying to m- go with the modern version of something, eventually it's going to become dated. It kind of goes to the Tomorrowland yep. problem. Exactly. Like if, like, like if, oh, this is going to be the future. Everybody, oh wait, crap. The the present is caught up to the future, and now it's like, okay, well, like <laughs> you said, this is cute. Welcome to today, today land. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But but those are kind of my thoughts in a nutshell of of my experience going to the Country Bear finale. It's it's cute. I do feel like it's time for some updates in one way or another. And we'll see if this new uh, if this new show does the trick. I, I'm not I'm not um, discounting it out of hand. Um, I think that there's a chance it could be really fun. And so I'm excited to see where it goes. Now, let me tell you a little bit about this day. So. 
This was my first experience as a pass holder going to Disney on a good to go day. Baby's oh, first that thing. Baby's first good to go day. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Put that on a T-shirt. I was. I, I actually thought about that. That's not a bad little uh, tagline. Uh, that might be the name of the show. Um, <laughs> this episode. So here's here's what I did. So my first question was: Am I going to have any issues trying to get a virtual queue for Tron? Because on Tuesday I was like, I know tomorrow's a good to, good to go day, but maybe I should just go make a reservation anyway, just to make sure there's no issues, because I wanted to get the virtual queue for Tron. Well, it won't let you. If it's a good to, if it's a good to go day, you get a message that says you're a pass holder. Tomorrow's a good to go day for Magic Kingdom. You don't need a reservation, and then it's just like goodbye. I was like, oh, really? Yeah. So you can't. Well, well, you can't make I a could, park reservation. No, you can't. If it's a good to go day, and you're an annual pass holder that has a valid admission for that day, you cannot make a reservation. So. Okay, that's interesting. But hearing that, like, I can feel the anxiety just just ramping up in my body. But um, mm. yeah. So I was like, okay, well, fingers crossed. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Disney making a change to policy, it always goes smoothly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so I woke up six fifty five Wednesday morning. I got my app up and I was ready. And it let me like I jumped to the virtual queue. And if you've ever done this, you you know what the, this experience looks like. It comes up and it's the first the first thing when you go to the virtual queue page on the My Disney Experience app, it says confirm your party. So it let me do that. And I was like, just me. And then it was like, OK, well, you'll be able to join at seven o'clock until then. You can pull down like the refresh on the screen or press the refresh refresh button. So, of course, I'm playing the press the button, pull down the screen game. As soon as it goes to seven pops up, I hit join virtual queue. I got group 100 and I was probably seconds after 7 (laughs) a.m. So now, yeah, as Lee pointed out in the in the morning monorail fam uh, discord, what you've done by having a good to go day and not needing park reservations and allowing people with park hoppers to make reservations at whatever park they want to for the virtual queue. Competition has gone up for those spots, right? So, yeah. So, and people like it, it, since it's a good to go day, there could be pass holders like, well, I didn't plan to go today, but if I can get a Tron queue, maybe I'll go. So they could get up at 7 a.m. and try their hand if they don't get it. Oh, well. Um, so that's something I hadn't really thought about. But you really are, on especially good to go days, throwing in a bunch of locals who just may want to roll the dice and see if they can get a ride. So, um, anyway, I got group oh. 100. So I decided I was going to rope drop. I haven't done that in a long time. Now, this was a day where resort guests got early entry to Magic Kingdom, something I didn't realize when I picked this day to go. And then after I realized that, I was like, well, crap, there goes my advantage of like getting to the front of the line because all the resort guests are going to be in there. The way this works, if you're an annual pass holder, they let you in the Magic Kingdom before nine o'clock. So the park officially opened at nine. They let me into nine o'clock and I could get all the way to the hub. But the only way to get past the hub was to to like scan your band, magic band, and let people know you are a resort guest. If you're not a resort guest, you have to stand at the rope. There's still a rope and um, you stand there until nine o'clock. So I'm sitting there watching hundreds of people pass by and head back to like Seven Dwarves Mine Train and, you know, Space Mountain, big th- like they're all heading into the park. And I'm like, well. That sucks that I picked my first rope drop day on an early entry day. Um, now, one thing I did do, 
I did not get Genie Plus. I did not do Lightning Lane. I decided that I was going to try to use the Touring Plans Custom Tour app, schedule out my day, and then I was going to follow it to the letter to see how much I could do because the Touring Plans crowd calendar said that the park level was going to be a 2 out of 10 crowd. Pretty low. Hmm. So I thought, okay, if it's a 2 out of 10... And I plan out my day and let and let touring plans like spit out my itinerary for the day. I should be able to get everything, if not like most, if not everything I want to do done for the day. Well, the first thing it told me to do, because on my list and I'm not going to read my list. I made a I made like a I think 18 plans, including my lunch, because you can do that on the on the custom plan. You say, I want to have lunch at this time at this place and I'll probably be there for this length of time. And it builds it in to your schedule. Also, because I had a virtual queue for Tron, I was able to put my virtual queue group into the Touring Plans app, and it said, okay, since you're group 100, you're probably going to get called to Tron at this time, and it built it into the plan. Wow, that's nifty. Yeah, it's very, very cool. So here was By the, the way, th- this, is, this is not a paid endorsement for the Touring Plans app, but Touring Plans, it totally can be a paid endorsement. Yeah, come on, hook there. us up. Uh, <laughs> now, here's the thing. So I did put Seven Dwarves Mine Train... Space Mountain, Big Thunder, Haunted Mansion, Pirates, like all the headliners that you could imagine, Tron, of course, they were all in my plan. Here's where I started to question whether or not this was going to work. It told me at Rope Drop, I should go to the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> huh. That is not how I thought it would tell you to start your day in the most magical place on Earth. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> I was and like, you, and, and and you said you're going to follow this to the letter. Right? I did. I did. And that I was like, okay, I mean, you know, I've written seven dwarves. <laughs> like I'm going to follow this and see what happens. So I did. So I rope dropped and went directly to Winnie the Pooh. As, as a grown man <laughs> going solo in the magic kingdom does you walk your ass to Pooh. That's right. <laughs> and guess what? I walked on to Pooh. <laughs> Um, even though resort guests were in there, still no wait. I walked right on to Pooh at nine o'clock. But here's what I gleaned as I walked to Pooh, because I did have to pass the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train was not operating because they were having technical difficulties. Ooh. So actually, it was perfect. Now, at the time I walked by Seven Dwarfs, there was a line like inside the queue where there's the fans and the theming and all that. And the line extended all the way around the attraction. If you've ever seen it extend, they wrap it all the way around the attraction, almost into fantasy land. Well, almost into like the Pete silly sideshow area that it was. That's how backed up it was. So I saw that and I was like, well, I'll leave it on the plan because what the, um, the lines app from touring plans does it factors in when rides are shut down. So it'll like shuffle it out and tell you to go other places. So I did Winnie the Pooh at nine and then I, you can mark on the app step complete and then you hit optimize and it will tell you where to go next. So I did that. It told me to go do under the sea journey, of the little mermaid. So I did again, it was a walk on walked right on at nine eighteen, and I was on uh, little mermaid. Okay. All right. Two, two attractions knocked out. Did what? 20 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. And to, you know, and I'm having a good time. I'm enjoying myself with all the pre preschool age kids who are also doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not getting weird looks from the parents. Definitely not. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, at this time I optimized. So I hit step complete on journey of the little mermaid. I hit optimize. It told me go get in line seven, seven doors, mine train. Well, the mine train was still down, 
But I think it was projecting that it thought it was going to come up. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I actually deleted it from the plan at this point. I was like, I just want it to not even be a factor because with it being down for this long in the morning, it's going to be a long line all day. So I deleted it. So then it told me to go to Pirates of the Caribbean. So I'm at Journey of the Little Mermaid. That's quite a hike to get to Pirates. So by the time I got there, the wait was about 20 minutes. I got on Pirates at 950. And then I optimized and it told me to go to TTA. So here's what can happen. Because when you make make your lines uh, custom touring plan, um, you can tell it whether you want to minimize walking or minimize waiting. Well... I don't mind getting a few extra steps, so I put minimize waiting. But what that means is you are going to cross the park multiple times, back and forth and back and forth, because wherever it thinks is the best option for you to save time, that's where it's going to send you. So I'll just tell you, I got in a lot of steps. <laughs> Do you know how many steps you got in that day? Because, Se- I mean, like, like, like it, it's like, like, what, 1030 at this point, and you've already gone, what, back and forth the across the park three times yeah i got on the tta at 10 12 um so i don't here's the thing i didn't wear my fitbit that day but i thought i was like oh it's okay because i'm sure my phone has like a step counter and i couldn't find it so i don't i don't actually know but i can tell you that on pokemon go i earned a lot of candies for my buddy that day (laughs) so i think it was like I, I don't know this for sure. I know on Sunday uh, I walked 13,000 or Saturday I walked 13,000 steps at Epcot. I'm going to say I was close to 18, 19,000 at Magic Kingdom, probably. Holy guacamole. Yeah. So anyways, TTA 12. Now, again, I hit optimize and I saw as as I was walking because it told me to go do um, it told me at this point to go do it's a small world. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I start walking that way. And as I'm walking, I see they're testing the cars for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I also noticed they had cleared the queue. And the only people that were waiting were outside of the attraction. And it was only about 50 people in line. So I was like, hmm. It seems to me that there's a chance Seven Dwarfs Mine Train could come up soon. And I would be one of the first people in line. So maybe I roll the dice for like 20 minutes and see what happens. So I did. This is where I started deviating from the plan. Um, Hopped in the Seven Dwarves Mine Train line. They turned on, like after I was in line for about 10 minutes, they turned on the fans inside the attraction queue. And I was like, oh, here we go. And then about 20 minutes of waiting, they opened it up. And I was almost like walking right on to Seven Dwarves Mine Train. So, wow. Yeah. So that worked out really well because I don't, I like that ride. I don't love that ride. Um, So I don't really want to wait more than about 20, 30 minutes at most. For seven dwarves, but I did it. I was able to do it. Um, turned out to be a pretty dang good gamble on your part. Yeah. So at that point, got to check it off the list. Uh, then it sent me to Phil Her Magic at eleven thirty-five. I did that. Rated show. It was great. This was my first time, I think, seeing Coco. Oh, really? Yeah. So such a such a great addition to that show. Yeah, really enjoy it. If, if you if you just look at that and you're like, oh, Mickey's Phil Hard Magic, it's probably a cute little 3D show, and you pass it by. It is so good. It's like mm-hmm. I think of it as like a, almost a must do Magic Kingdom attraction. Really agreed, one thousand percent. And then it sent me to It's a Small World, so I did that. And then it was time for lunch at Columbia Harbor House, so I was lucky. I was by the Tangled Bathrooms. I was in the Tangled Bathrooms at twelve forty six. And then I and then I was at Columbia Harbor House at twelve fifty two. Now uh, is is the tangle or like like bathroom breaks? Is that also something you put in the touring plans app? You can build in breaks. 
Okay, all right, but but just breaks, not bathroom breaks. Not bathroom breaks, yeah. You okay? And right. you can tell it like if you build in a break, you can say I want to go back to the resort or whatever, and it'll it'll build all that in for you. Um, so then after lunch, it was time for Country Bears. I did it twice. Um, after I got out, it was time for Buzz Lightyear at two twenty. And then I did Space Mountain at 310, Carousel of Progress at 323, and then the TTA one more time at 352. Because I was waiting for my Tron group to be called. Because, by the way, it had not been called at this point. I think Tron had gone down in the morning and was down for a little while. So my Tron group didn't get called until... Like, I waited around. Because, according to my app, it kept saying, you you should be called soon. So I waited around after that second TTA ride and I didn't the Tron uh, queue didn't get called until it was like 445 or something. So I walked up and this can happen sometimes, especially on days where the rides that are on virtual queues go down for a long period of time. By the time you get called, all the people go and it's like a, a huge backup. So I saw it and I just I gauged it and I was like, I've been in the line for Tron when it's about that long. That's probably an hour. And I don't really feel like doing that. So I didn't do it. And I left. And that was my uh, Magic Kingdom day. Oh, oh, I did try. There's this little food booth over by Tron called Energy Bites. And they they have weird stuff. They have like um, some kind of special ice cream. I don't know. And then they have these slushies. And one of them is a pina colada slushie. So it's not non-alcoholic, sadly, non-alcoholic. But here's what I'll ask you if you're interested in this drink. Have you ever had a pina colada and thought to yourself, I wish this thing was spicy? No, that thought has never crossed my mind, Justin Monorail. Why would you ask that? I would say I don't think that's crossed anyone's mind. But that is exactly what you get when you order this Tron pina colada slushy. It is spicy for some reason. And I'll just tell you, didn't need it to be spicy. <laughs> I love spicy stuff. I didn't need my pina colada to be spicy. So... um, Yeah, I don't know that I'd put that on the highly recommended list. Huh, that is just a bizarre combination. Yeah, so anyway, um, I did 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. I did 13 attractions between 9 and 4, and the park was open till 10. So if if I had planned on staying all day, I could have done everything at Magic Kingdom. Um, But I just wanted to say, so... I didn't do Genie Plus. I didn't do Lightning Lane. But for for a day that the touring plan said was going to be a, a crowd level 2 out of 10, it was very busy, I thought. And it made me wonder, and we were talking about it before we started recording, I wonder if they've adjusted their crowd scale for like the new normal. Because when I think of a 2 in Magic Kingdom, I would have thought I was walking on pretty much everything. Like... You, the only thing lower than a two is a one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really would have thought, oh, I'll be able to just walk right on to Space Mountain, Big Thunder. Like th- this day is going to go so fast. I'm going to get so much done. And it really wasn't. It really was not like that. In fact, the the line for Seven Dwarves when it was open, w- like it was never under an hour. Um, but that's typical. Um the line for Buzz for most of the day was over 45 minutes. The line wow. the line for Big Thunder was right in that range, like 45 minutes plus all day long. And um, this is and this was on a crowd level two. Yeah. So I 
particularly in Magic Kingdom. I mean, you did say we were talking a little bit before we started recording. I just don't. I, I just don't know if 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 a two crowd level exists for Magic Kingdom, and and there's something about Magic Kingdom. It always feels more peopley than yeah. any of the other parks. Mm-hmm. Like. I, it, it, it takes it out of you more than going to like say Hollywood studios or something. So, I mean, maybe to your point, they have a, a readjusted to, I hate this term, the new norm, so to speak. But then again, I, I, I thought we were getting reports that the quote revenge travel was over. I know. And, and, <laughs> and we were going back to pre pandemic levels and stuff like that. So who knows? I know. I agree. Um, I just think I I don't know. I just don't think that what we think of like slow times, what they were in the past, like pre Pando at Walt Disney World. I just don't I don't know that we'll ever see that in except for just random days where maybe it's a combination of weather or just before a holiday or or whatever it may Mm -hmm. be. Um, This was what it was January 24th or 25th, the day that I went. Um, People should be in school. It was the 24th. Kids should be in school, I would think. Um, it's a middle of a, you know, a week. It, it was odd. It was it was busy though. It was busy. Or maybe maybe people wanted to travel south because they were living in areas like East Tennessee and they saw what was coming and were smart enough to get out of Dodge. It's like, hey, I want to go somewhere warm and leave home where we're going to get a foot of snow. Maybe yeah. maybe that's what you were running into. I don't know. That's possible. Like you're right. I mean, people could have been sort of escaping the the bad weather to come down for a little a little you know unplanned break or something. I but God knows how many times I I was saying when I was stuck at the radio station I would give my kingdom for a for a trip to leave for Disney right now. Right. So what to take from that? I guess is a couple things. One is if you're a local like me. It doesn't really impact you that much to go to a park and not be able to do everything that you want to do because you know you'll be back. It's no big deal. But if you are traveling down and say you, this was kind of a trip where you're just at the last minute, you're like, hey, it's you know really crappy weather. Schools are going to be closed or whatever. Why don't we take a little surprise trip down to Disney for a few days? I think in order to really guarantee that you're going to be able to control your day. It is almost to the point where you may need to invest in that Genie Plus on a day-to-day basis and just be able to guarantee, well, I know for sure I'm going to be able to do like at least a handful of those headline attractions, if nothing else. Um, and it takes a little bit of the stress away, I would think. But you do have to start thinking about that in your budget, probably. I, and I think Jeffers was saying uh, it was either Jeffers or, or Lee. Um, it may have been Lee. Now that I think about it, that um, that it's just built into the budget when they traveled down now. So, well, if if, if it was Lee in particular, if uh, if if you don't know, Lee's a member of the Monorail fam, who, by the way, is my favorite member of the Monorail fam. If you want to be the favorite member of the Monorail fam, join our discord. Um, he travels overseas. And if you are a uh, international Disney fan who like doesn't get to, you know, just hop on I-4 and drive down to uh, Walt Disney World like Jay, if this is something where you have to travel across the pond, I would imagine it's like, yeah, you definitely are going to budget for Genie Plus because this is a special trip that only happens every few years. So I definitely would see why Genie Plus works its way into the budget. And I'll be honest, the last time uh, me and the Smoking Hot Girlfriend were down and we did use Genie Plus, 
and parks in particular, I don't think Genie Plus is one of those things you need in every park, but in Hollywood Studios and in Magic Kingdom, I think it is worth every cent you spend mm. on Genie Plus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so, because you're talking about those are, well, particularly Magic Kingdom, ton of attractions. And uh, if you really, and a lot of things that you don't want to miss. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that that makes sense. I guess the other thing, too, is if you do stay on property, really try to take advantage of those early morning entry yes. hours. 1,000%. Uh, because, I, I mean, like Landon said, in my first hour, I got three attractions done, even though I was a regular guest and had to come in after the resort guest. Those early morning hours are so valuable to maximize your park day. Because once people get in there 10, 11 o'clock, I mean, that all of a sudden now you're down to maybe an attraction an hour at best. Yep, it's a massive humanity. If if you knew that Magic Kingdom had early entry for uh, resort guests, would you have gone to Magic Kingdom? I don't think I would have rope dropped because I, I think I would have just gone and just really focused on Country Bears. But since I had decided that I was going to go that day and I looked at the calendar, saw it was a low and I was like, well, I'm going to I'm going to rope drop. And then I just didn't even look because I'm dumb. I didn't look to see that it was an early entry day for resort guest. Um, I, I made that decision and I was like, OK, I'm going to do I'm going to see how much I can do. If I had known it was an early entry day for resort guest, I still would have gone. I just would have been like, oh, I'll just get there sometime in the afternoon and do country bears a couple times, have a snack and get out of there. Probably. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, but it ended up being an interesting experiment to see like on a good to go day as a local, how much can you get done? And I was doing like commando touring, like I'm going to rope drop. I'm going to go attraction to attraction. I'm going to follow this custom touring plan. And I got 13 things done in, in, you know, the time that I was there, it's pretty good. You know, um, if you don't mind putting in the steps and being, yeah, it, yeah, it, it sounds like you walked all over Walt's, uh, creation yeah. that day. And, and, and I'm glad that you were able to experience the good to go days and relay that experience, not only to the listeners, also to me, because I've had some hesitations and reservations about the whole good to go date things and just how they worked or I guess more accurately, according to some reports from some outlets, how they haven't worked and yeah. they're still kind of confusing. So thank you for relaying that as well. Sure. I will say, like, when I tapped my magic band at Magic Kingdom, I was waiting to see that green circle because I'm like, let's see what happens. <laughs> Again, when, when, when you said it wouldn't let you make a park reservation, I it uh, just just even thinking about that, like, like I, I feel an anxiety ball in the pit of my stomach yeah. to start to form. It's like, oh, God, no. We need to be reprogrammed. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, good-to-go dates, in the uh, month of February, they added uh, – um, uh, a handful of new good-to-go dates for annual pass holders. Uh, February 5th, 7th, 8th, 12th, and 13th are now new good-to-go dates. Yeah. FYI. Almost. So. It's a it's a lot. A big chunk of February is a good-to-go day uh, for annual pass holders at this point. Um, <clears throat> so while we're talking about, like, anxiety and virtual queues and things like that, let's jump to Saturday because Saturday was, a, was not a good-to-go day. And... Uh, Casey and I decided we were going to go and try to experience some of the Festival of the Arts for the first time this year because I have not made it out to Epcot yet since the festival started. And it was a long time coming. I was chomping at the bit to get out there. So we did. You were hungry for them farts. I was hungry for farts. (laughs) So 
we made reservations uh, Friday night and we were like, all right, we're going to uh, and we didn't plan to rope drop, but I still wanted to wake up and try to get uh, Guardians virtual queue. So um, and May went with us as well. So now here's here's why I bring up specifically virtual queue. Uh, first of all, um, I must have been like on a whole nother level on Saturday morning because I got group two for Guardians. Whoa! What a single-digit virtual queue group! I'm I know. Sorry. I think that's the lowest virtual group I've ever gotten. Like, and but at the same time, I was like, "Damn it! We were not planning to be at the park." It's like we have to be there now. Yeah, Get in the car. Like, like, no, we don't have time to dress. Just go. Yeah, because this was seven a.m. We weren't planning on getting up until about eight thirty, and <laughs> group two gets called as soon as the park is open. So. I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God. Now, like, so, and everybody's asleep. I got to go around and wake people up and say, hey, we need to get moving. Well, as it oh, turns. That's perfect. You had to wake everybody up on a Saturday to go to a thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um, wake up. We have to go have fun, y'all. <laughs> yeah. So I did. Now, but here's the thing. I couldn't get people moving fast enough. And I also slept a little bit longer. And so we didn't leave the house. <laughs> The group, the group got called. Group two got called at eight forty, which was wild because the park didn't open till nine. But I guess they just. Oh my god! Yeah. So the so when your virtual group gets called, you have an hour to get back and scan in for the ride. So we had to be there by nine forty. Oh. oh my gosh! <laughs> we were planning on being there till eleven. So. Um, oh. <laughs> so by the time we left the house, we left the house around 10. Our group window had already closed. Um, and so we got to the park and were scanned in and heading towards Guardians. It was around like 11, a little after 11. And I said, well, there is a difference between the Tron virtual queue and Guardians. Typically with Tron, if you miss your window, you are SOL. They, you, they don't let you in. They, there might be a little leeway like, oh, we're five, ten minutes late because they understand, oh, maybe you had to go to the bathroom. Maybe you were dining. Who knows? Usually there's a tiny bit of wiggle room, but they're not going to let you in hours late. Yeah, 90 minutes like y'all are. Yeah. So, But with Guardians, there's been leeway in the past. I, I have showed up after my group has been called and they've let me do it. So I was like, I'm not going to say anything to the cast member. Let's just walk up and scan and see what happens. So we walked up. It's it's like 11.05. Again, our, our window closed at 9.40. <laughs> I scan my band. It does the blue thing, which means there's a problem. Instead of turning green, the cast member looked down at his tablet, pressed a button. My ring turned green. He let us go. Didn't, what? Oh, my God. Didn't say anything. So, you didn't think to get this cast member's name to give them a cast compliment? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't ask him to do it. I, he just did it. And and like, so he had to, he saw like I had a group of three. So when Casey scanned her band, I saw him looking down. He pressed the button for her and then he did it for May. And we were on our way. And I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> wow. So I I am very glad that worked out because when when you mentioned the Titan, yeah, I I got that same anxiety <laughs> ball in the pit of my stomach. So so I'm glad it worked out for you. I couldn't believe I needed those two things to be reversed. I needed Group Two for Tron and Group One Hundred. One Hundred for Gepa. But but it was fine. And and uh, oh, update on the song. So we got September. This was the first time getting September. 
um, nice. on Guardians, and that was really good. I liked it a lot. That's it, my white whale. That is the one that I want the most. Yeah, apparently. Like, so I've yet to get that one. This was only maybe the sixth time that I've re- ridden Guardians. Um, I've gotten Iran. I've gotten Conga. I've gotten Everybody Wants to Rule the World twice. I got September, and then oh, I think I got I think I got Iran twice as well. And out of the ones that I've gotten, Iran is easily my favorite. I think it fits the ride the best. It's the best vibe. Mm-hmm. I think, and Natalie, again, in the Discord group, said that her favorite was Everybody Wants to Rule the World. That one really changes the vibe of the ride because it's a little bit of a slower tempo song. And it kind of makes it a little more like uh, you're gliding through space rather than like a rocking trip through space. Ooh. It's ooh, really- the hair on my arm is standing up thinking about that. That's ooh, that's cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. It, it definitely changes the experience of the ride. And apparently Cocktail Bob was mad at me because he's never gotten Everybody Wants to Rule the World, and I've gotten it twice. And he's ridden Guardians like a hundred times. So well, Dang, Bob, that's no reason to be mad. I just said I've never gotten it. Jeez, settle yeah. down, dude. He's grumpy sometimes. Big, tall drink of water. <laughs> um, that guy's like nine feet tall. He's very tall, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, it was a good day. We got to do Guardians. And then I just wanted to share, we we tried quite a bit of, of snacks and drinks and treats from the Festival of the Arts. As I always recommend, we grabbed a passport right when we walked in. Um, I did do a couple of the items on the wonderful walk of colorful cuisine uh, trail. And so I got a couple stamps. I still need four more or three more. I need four more stamps to get my treat. Um, the, the reward you get for filling up your stamp book. But a couple of highlights I wanted to share. I had this last year. And um, so it's not a new item, but it's still maybe one of the best things. Cuisine Classique is the name of the food booth. It's World Discovery near Test Track. And in, it's funny to me in the Festival Passport that it says World Discovery near Test Track presented by Chevrolet. They have to put the branding in there. Oh, branding's very important in this capitalistic 2024 we live in. But yeah. Uh, but from that booth, highly recommend the Beef Wellington. Um it comes with mushrooms, prosciutto. It's a, it's got a puff pastry around it and a red wine demi glaze. And let me just tell you something. Ooh. We got it last year. We got it this year. It is tender. It's cooked perfectly. It is so good. The puff pastry on the outside, it's not soggy. It's like it, it continues to be one of the top items that I've had at Festival of the Arts. I highly, highly recommend it. And where'd you say this is? It's at Cuisine Classique World Discovery near Test Track presented by Chevrolet. Okay. Yeah. Glad you got that branding in. We also, Casey picked up the Gulfstream Brewing Brewing Company Black IPA. I've never had a black IPA a before. A black IPA? No, I I mean, I'm very well versed in beer for better or for worse. Worse if you ask my doctors. Um, I've never heard of a black IPA either, let alone tried one. That's exciting. I liked this. Well, I, I like IPAs. Um. I like this one a lot because I tend to like darker beers. And I'll just tell you, to me, it tasted a little more like a porter with a kind of a little twinge of IPA. So, huh, that's an interesting flavor profile. Yeah. So just a little uh, a little hint of IPA in there. Um, Mm. Now, over in that same area is a booth called the Deconstructed Dish. And I picked up the Deconstructed BLT, which is the pork belly onion bread pudding watercress espuma and tomato jam and then i also got the deconstructed key lime pie which has a flexible key lime curd key lime mousse graham cracker cake and meringue 
Um, the key lime pie is one of the things that you get the stamp for. So I had to get that one. Um, I also got the deconstructed strawberry mint julep. Of those three things, I would rate it strawberry mint julep number one, key lime pie two, and deconstructed BLT three. I just got to tell you, I, maybe it's me. I don't love pork belly that much. I just think it's too, it's not bacony enough and it's not like uh, pork choppy enough. It's, it's this weird in between texture. And I just don't think that you, or at least my experience is Disney doesn't cook it perfectly and it ends up being kind of chewy and I don't know. I just didn't love yeah. it. I, well, I obviously haven't tried this iteration of it, but I, it, pork belly seems to be kind of this new, new hotness, this, flavor of the month for the lack of a better term that uh is found its way into a lot of uh culinary experiences that kind of leaves me befuddled yeah it's it's just that's just not my favorite thing oh and i should mention you can get the deconstructed strawberry mint julep alcoholic or non-alcoholic if you get it with alcohol it comes with bourbon of course that's how you make a mint julep um and i i I really liked it i thought it was very good it has a little pipette of strawberry like in that you get to squeeze into the drink after you get it. I guess that's the, the deconstructed part. Um, but it was good. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that there is a non-alcoholic option for those who don't want to uh, imbibe in the spirits. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it's a good, it's a good flavor. And so it's, it's good that there are options for people who maybe do want to um, enjoy without getting the alcohol impacts. Mm-hmm. Um. We had been, I'd been hearing a lot about the French booth this year, the, the booth in France. It's l'art de la cuisine française. And, um, I like the way you say that. <laughs> the big thing is <laughs> it's got a lot of salmon on the menu. Um, huh. yeah, there's salmon in a theme park at a, at a, at a pop-up booth. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce it the way it's written and on the menu, but one of them is it's a cold salmon op- option that has salmon mousse, smoked salmon, dill and flaxseed biscuit served cold the other is a puff pastry with salmon and spinach and a chardonnay shallot sauce served warm both of those individually are like 7.95 but if you get them together you can get the duo the salmon hot and cold and it's 14.95 so you get a bit of a discount getting them both um so we did try it and i will tell you the cold one i thought was weird the hot one was delicious in my opinion yeah, I was going to say, of, of what you laid out, the the warm option hit the ear better yeah. than, the, than the cold option. It, it hits the tongue better, too, I'll just tell you. Well, there you go. And, and that, I guess that's more important because generally that's where food goes. It goes on the tongue and down the gullet. Um, <laughs> I didn't say anything to you, Google Assistant. Um, <laughs> Don't you love that? It's like, Siri, I didn't. I'm not talking to you. Stop. <laughs> yeah. um, I also picked up the frozen French martini from the French booth, which has Grey Goose vodka. Vodka? Separately. I don't know why. Chambord liqueur, pineapple, orange and grape juices, and a lemon-lime foam. It was great. And I don't know why I didn't realize it was going to be kind of pink colored, but... It ended up being my signature pink drink of the day. <laughs> if you don't know this about Justin Monterey, he always has to have some sort of pink beverage wherever he goes out. It's kind of his uh, calling card. Yeah, I don't know. It just always ends up that way. The stuff that sounds good to me ends up being pink. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> now, here was the highlight, though. We made it to the artist table in the American Adventure Pavilion. And one of the items they have on the menu is the duck and dumplings. 
And I just have to tell you, we got that. And we also got the beer flight, which came with the Wicked Weed Pineapple Daydream IPA, a Brew Hub Jazzberry Wheat Jam Ale, and the Lost Coast Brewery Peanut Butter Chocolate Milk Stout. Ooh. Yeah, it was great. Um, the beers were good. The duck and dumplings was even better. The duck and dumplings is one of the best dishes that I've had from a Epcot festival. Really? It was like the flavors were on point. The duck was cooked perfectly. The little dumpling. It's like little dumpling cakes that they give you um, with with cheese. They're, they're ricotta dumplings. You get these baby vegetables and then there's like a duck au jus sauce that they put on it. There's Ooh. this. The duck has this smoky flavor. If you do what I do, where you try to get the perfect bite and you get a little sample of each of the items on the fork, you take a bite. I got to tell you, it was like I it threw me back to meals I had growing up like that. My nanny would make on Sundays for lunch where we'd have like really good chicken and dumplings. And it was like all smoky and home cook. And man, it was like the most comforting taste like, it was just so good. I don't know that it would be for everybody, but I will tell you, I know people think duck tends to be gamey. This duck was not gamey at all. It was perfect. It was so, so good. I can't recommend it enough. Wow, that description right there almost brought a tear to my eye. I'm going to have to uh, definitely try that. Yeah, but it's great. That was that was in, uh, in the American Pavilion, you said? Yes, at the artist table. Okay, all right. Yeah. Wow. Um, if you want to go a little less adventurous, you can go to Germany and get the red wine braised beef short rib. It, it That one to me always reminds me, it's not new. It's been there before, but it's very good. And it reminds me of just getting like a pot roast that you'd have like another home cooked pot roast meal. And it was, it was also very good. Not as good as the beef Wellington, but also very good. And maybe a little less uh, risque than if you're just not a person who wants to try duck. So uh, I could I, I could get down on both of those. I I don't know if I've ever had duck, but again, going back to your description after hearing that, I definitely want to. Try oh, you've got it. to. You will not regret it. I I mean, honestly, it was it was so. I would have gotten after we started trying it because Casey and I, Casey and I were sharing all the entrees. She was like, "We should have just gotten two of these." <laughs> She's like, "I want to eat the whole thing." <laughs> I mean, that's that's a ringing endorsement right there. It's like like if you're if you're sharing something and you're like, "Yeah, I've just gotten one uh, one for each of us." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we did pick up the beer flight that, or the rosé flight from the Germany booth that came oh, with. Oh, there's a rosé flight. I know somebody who I'm going on in February who's going to be very excited to hear that. Well, it's not exactly what you think because it's a couple of them are beers. Um, there's one that's a Three Daughters Brewing Rosé Hard Cider. One is 81 Bay Brewing Company Rosé Blonde Ale. And then you get a Frosé, which is actually you know, the frozen rosé. All three were good. I will tell you, I think that the um, the rosé hard cider was probably my favorite of the three. But um, yeah, I, I think that the smoking hot girlfriend would probably enjoy that. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Hearing hearing what comes with that flight, that is not going to uh, deter her excitement. I guarantee you. On that <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we didn't get to try everything we wanted on this trip, but that's OK. I hope to make a trip back that i was gonna say i and i haven't mentioned this yet um so last weekend our friends tom and michelle from hyperion adventures podcast they went to epcot two days in a row and they had said when they went on saturday the lines were so bad that they really didn't try hardly anything from the food booths because it just didn't seem worth it um that was 
a similar experience we had on Saturday. We started in Mexico and we were making our way around, met up with uh, Cocktail Bob and his wife, Christina, about midway through. And they asked us, were there any short lines for any of the booths that you all passed on the way by so we can get a quick stack? The answer was no. There were no short lines for any of the food booths. And the ones that were the longest were, of course, the Mexican food booth, the French one. Uh, China had a long line, so I didn't get the General So Shumai um, that I wanted to try. And, um, oh, there's a lobster tostada at the Mexican booth that I was dying to try, and I didn't. Ooh, oh, my God. Yeah. So I didn't get you that. You can do that? Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah, there's. I'm telling you. And, oh, one thing I will always say, uh, though, about the plating uh, for Festival of the Arts, all the plating is beautiful. And that sometimes, like, for example, the deconstructed key lime pie, there was a wait for it because they really take their time to make sure it's appealing to look at. And that could be part of why the lines are a little longer this year. But I don't know, man. I... I was shocked. I really was shocked for and, and May kept saying it. She was like, isn't this January 27th? Why is it so busy in Epcot? <laughs> and it was it was it was pretty packed full. It was um, a little it was it was a good and bad thing because it probably saved us some money that we couldn't line up for just everything we wanted. <laughs> yeah, but well, there uh, you go. That's that's a good way to frame it. And also, while you were doing that, I was looking at my upcoming trip. It's like, OK, good. My days in Epcot cut are on a monday tuesday so i don't have to worry. yeah i think you're gonna you're, you're gonna be better off but i still think it's gonna be busy oh i do too yeah because uh apparently we're going on like president's day and it's the end of uh farts oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's gonna be very peopley great job landon you jackass <laughs> um but anyway, hopefully those recommendations help some people out. I mean, there's there's a lot of really good stuff and and a lot of a lot of stuff that we didn't even get to try just because it was so like I wanted to try the bone marrow and the beets and we didn't get that. Um as I mentioned the lobster tostada, the general so's shumai. There's a lot. A lot of really good options. I mean, you don't get nearly as many booths as you do at like food and wine, of course, but the, the, it's higher quality overall. I would say the average quality of each dish is higher. And as you talked about, there's there's a presentation element as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gourmet landscapes booth from Canada is the one that has the various uh, roasted beets and then the roasted bone marrow with onion marmalade. Sounds really good. And wild mushroom risotto, which is probably great as well. See, of those three, I'd go for the mushroom risotto. You, you can have your beets and bones. <laughs> beets and bones. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the next Epcot festival. Beets and bones. They'll have music. Beets and bones. Yeah. <laughs> Presented by Chevrolet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that I mean, that wraps up my, my recap of my visits to Disney this week. A lot of, I mean, I was glad that I got to try so many things and, and I felt like I was getting valuable information to bring back to our monorail fam and share on the podcast. So that was good too. Um, if you have any questions that you would like answered about the festival of the arts, my experience with virtual cues, whatever it may be, uh, just let me know. You can do that. I mean, if you want to reach out at the morning monorail on uh, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it's at morning monorail, you can send us an email Monday morning monorail podcast at gmail.com. You could almost, almost, also, send me a message to my personal uh, social media accounts, which are Justin underscore monorail. Any questions you have about that kind of stuff, just let me know and I'll try to get the best answer I can for you. 
Um, for bringing that to the table. I thought that was uh, uh, some good information. And also, it sounds like you had a good couple of days uh, down at Walt Disney World. Yeah. Yeah, it was all right. Not too bad. The weather was great. And um, I mean, you know, I complain that it's busier than I expected to be, but it's not like, you know, going on New Year's or something. So it's hard to hard to be too upset about it. Um, Lena, before we wrap up, uh, just a couple quick things here. Uh, the first one I wanted to mention was there was a bit of a, a whoopsie in terms of universal news that leaked out. And it's got some people speculating what be, what something that might be coming to Epic Universe. So there was a picture that was taken uh, by the U- official Universal Studios team member Instagram account, account, and it posted a behind-the-scenes video that featured employees on the job at various locations around the Universal Orlando Resort, including the Epic Universe construction site. And though most of the video wasn't very newsworthy, <laughs> this article says um, eagle-eyed Nintendo fans noticed that some of the B-roll shows Zelda series producer E.G. Anuma? Aonuma overseeing some kind of construction project alongside uh, Shiguri Miyamoto. In addition, some viewers spotted what they thought was the iconic Legend of Zelda Triforce on what could be construction blueprints. The video was quickly deleted after fans seized on the details. So, Landon, <laughs> I got to ask you, I know you're a you're a Nintendo fan, you're a Legend of Zelda fan. How you feeling about this little leak that we got here? Uh, very excited, though. I'm going to be honest. I really, really thought that, uh, I mean, it almost feels like a foregone conclusion at this point. We are going to get uh, Zelda representation. Hell, maybe even a full-blown Zelda land. I really thought we were going to see it in Islands of Adventure replacing the Lost Continent because the Lost Continent's footprint has been slowly dwindling over the last few years. Uh, even, I mean, what uh, Poseidon's Fury was uh, the biggest draw that that area had uh and we saw it close uh last year so now there's really not much going on over there and it kind of feels like well i mean like like you do a little bit of work to this area that really doesn't have much going on you could really turn this into a hyrule-esque area a zelda land but at the same time universal does have this whole epic universe thing opening not that far down the uh down the pike so to speak and um very excited. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, this is kind of one of those worst kept secrets in the theme park realm that uh, that Zelda is going to show up in some way at Universal. So I guess now it's just, is it going to be at Islands? Is it going to be saved for the opening of the new gate at Epic Universe? Is it going to be a full-blown land? Is it going to be an attraction? We're just kind of in a wait and see mode, but it's like I, I I think this pretty much does confirm Zelda in some iteration is going to be in the in a universal park sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I think you know there's still a chance that this could be happening and on the Lost Continent as opposed to Epic Universe, but who knows? I, I but I just think I think overall, like you said, it's exciting news for Zelda fans and oh, one thousand percent, and especially with what Zelda's been doing here in the last couple of years with. Uh, Breath of the Wild and uh, Tears of the Kingdom. It's really kind of re reinvented, yeah. reinvigorated, whatever you want to say, the Zelda franchise. I mean, like Zelda is one of the most iconic video game franchises of all time, but particularly what they've done with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom has really put a new spin on that franchise. And if Universal and Nintendo are going to use that version of Zelda 
to kind of be the uh, blueprint for what they want to do. That is very exciting. Oh, yeah. That'd be so cool. I, I'm just, man, the, the closer and closer we get, the more and more we see of like ride testing at Epic Universe and, and all the, the information that's kind of slowly getting leaked out. It's just the anticipation's growing. Uh -huh. Oh, one thousand. Yeah, me and the smoking hot girlfriend. We've already talked about uh, Epic Universe does drop. We are going to re up uh, Universal APs because uh, we are going to be there so much. Oh yeah, man, you you won't be able to get me out of that dark universe section. I'm just going to live oh, there. It, it, if if it lives up to half the hype of what we're building up in our brains, like like Epic Universe is going to be so awesome, and Disney, you are once again going to have to answer the bell that is Universal. That's right. Yeah. Well. And SeaWorld, because SeaWorld is trying to raise their game. And, I mean, Disney, Disney's got to get some juice going uh, with some exciting announcement. Uh, that's not the Country Bear refurbishment. Um, <laughs> what? What? That doesn't do anything for you? <laughs> not, not really. We got Showbiz Pizza Animatronics, y'all. It's going to be singing Dua Lipa songs. <laughs> you know? Huh? No? No? Huh? No? Okay. All right. Okay. We're a little out of touch, maybe. I don't know. Um you know, two weeks in a row now, we've had uh, SeaWorld news as they've talked about their hotels they're bringing to the resort. This week, we finally, at the last minute, are getting their concert lineup for the Seven Seas Food Festival because that starts February 3rd. Um <laughs> Oh, dang, that's timely. I guess it's good that if I started booking people. Well, I think we have a uh, some speculation about why they didn't announce it until the last minute. Because if you look at the list, there are a lot of announcement coming soon dates. So it, yes, there is. I don't know if the issue is they're having trouble getting people to want to play at SeaWorld or I don't know. Maybe they're really big splash concerts. Maybe we see Justin Timberlake perform. I don't think so. Let's uh, go ahead and start that rumor. Justin <laughs> Monorail of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast said that Justin Timberlake is most definitely going to be performing at SeaWorld. Yeah. I heard it. Y'all heard it. Let's but, go ahead and get that out there. They're going to announce it next week. So we have to talk about SeaWorld four weeks in a row. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, uh, the lineup's out. And by the way, I'm a fan of the Seven Seas Food Festival at SeaWorld. Uh, there are so many food booths and they do the cool thing just like uh, Universal does, where if you're a, a pass holder, you can buy a lanyard where you pay like, for example, one hundred and twenty dollars, but you can get one hundred and fifty dollars worth of food at Universal, um, something in that neighborhood. I, I, I do think it is kind of tasteless. They have the whole like like catch it and grill it penguin air. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> As delicious uh, as it is, like, 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 no, I mm, just can't do it. Yeah, it's true. That's yeah, maybe a little poor taste, but, <laughs> um, but theirs is, is, is like, uh, uh, where you, ha you punch a card. Um, so you pay a certain amount, you get, um, like 15, 20 whole punch or punch a punch card with 15, 20 slots on it. And you get like some extras if you're a SeaWorld pass holder. So it's like less expensive. You're getting a little more bang for your buck. And you can use those punches for food and alcohol, which is nice. Um, but anyways, here's here are the concerts we know are coming to the Seven Seas Food Festival. Uh, cool and the Gang will be there February 3rd. Uh, Josh. One. Yeah, that's a good start. Uh, Josh Turner, February 4th. 
don't know Josh Turner. Yeah, yeah, don't don't know anything about him. As far as, as far as I know, Josh Turner does my taxes. <laughs> Gente Dezona on the seventeenth of February. Don't know those fellas either. Newsboys, which is quite a throwback. Yeah, uh, no kidding. That is a name that I have not heard since I was going to like uh, uh, Wednesday night church services. Yeah, February twenty fifth. Newsboys. Gloria Gaynor on March second. Okay, all right. Another throwback, but here's. Here's an even bigger one. Night Ranger on March 3rd. <laughs> Night Ranger. All right. You can go see some some fishes and then get your sister Christian on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got Corey Kent on March 16th. Don't know Corey Kent. Warrant on March 24th. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. so, so, so this is like some some monsters of rock question marks <laughs> right. going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is wasp coming up as well oh my gosh striper um <laughs> yeah right <laughs> on on april 6th grupo nietzsche but here's a big one april 13th huba stank oh snap they got the stank y'all <laughs> and uh the last one we know about for now ludicrous is returning to the seven seas food festival ludicrous will perform on april the 28th okay in all seriousness that would probably be a really fun show I know we were supposed to go see him last year and then uh, we had a, a bout of sickness that moved through the house and we didn't get to go see Ludacris. So hopefully well, now, this now year. I was going to say you can you can make up for last year. You yeah, can, you can go see Luda. Luda. Um, the live concerts for the festival uh, Seven Seas Food Festival are held every weekend during the festival at the open air Bayside Stadium. Um, concerts are free with park admission. So. Yeah, uh, lots of interesting uh, throwback bands. Uh, Hoobastank was quite a shock to me. I thought maybe that was a misprint. But uh, <laughs> Hoobastank, can't wait. Congrats, Hoobastank. You did it. You're playing <laughs> SeaWorld. Um, ah, here we are. So the Seven Seas Food and Beverage sample Sampler Lanyard. Uh, save up to 40% with a 10 sample lanyard or... For the best value, save up to 50, 50% with a 15-sample lanyard. A 15-sample lanyard is $85. So that's pretty awesome because for $85, you get 15 different items. And if you think about, like, I just I was mentioning earlier an Epcot for one of the salmon things. It was $7.95. So if you think they're about 8 bucks a piece, then you're getting a pretty good deal. Because instead of paying, like, 120 bucks. You're paying eighty five, right? There's roughly. Um, that's that's awesome. That's a that's a pretty pretty sweet setup. So I recommend doing that for sure. And I do think that they offer. Uh, yeah, they've they, for if you're a SeaWorld Pass member, there's a special lanyard you can take advantage of. I can't get the details on it right now because I am not a pass holder for the moment. But that may change. That may change. Really? Okay. Wow. Possibly. Well, I I do think if we mention them uh, six weeks straight on the podcast, not only will they give us APs, we'll become the official podcast of SeaWorld. So, I, you know, I will tell you this right now. If SeaWorld was going to offer up and say, hey, if if we get to be featured on every episode of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast we'll, and we'll give you both annual passes, boom, done. Yes, we are 100% here to sell out for you, SeaWorld. We'll do it. We'll become the SeaWorld's favorite <laughs> podcast, even though they have no monorail. Um, 
Yeah, would we would we have to go through uh, rebranding at that point? No, they'll just have they have to think about building a monorail. <laughs> exactly, they have to bow down to us. <laughs> yeah, we're the ones with the established fan base, not you, SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Don't think about what he just said too much. Just go with it. Just kidding. I, surely they've got a, a sense of humor over at SeaWorld. They'd have to. Um, <laughs> well, that's going to wrap it up for today. It wasn't a very busy uh, news cycle. And there was one thing I, that I wanted to bring up that's sort of a rumor Magic Kingdom item. It was actually mentioned on uh, news, the, the weekend update on SNL last night. But I think I'd like to wait until Steffers can comment on it as well, just to get her opinion. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to hold off on that. You all may know what I'm talking about already, but we can get into it. We're going to tease. That'll be a little tease for next week. We do. Yep. That's that's what we call a tease in the business. But before we get out, I have a crowdsourcing thing I want to throw out uh, for an upcoming trip. Do we want to hold off on that as well? Or is it cool to do it here now? Do it now. Okay, cool. So as I've uh, referenced a couple times in this uh, fine episode of the uh, Monday Morning Monorail podcast, this is a fine episode if I do say so myself, I have a trip coming up in the month of February with uh, myself and the Smoking Hot Girlfriend going on our anniversary trip. And um, this is not going to be the first time we've gone down to Disney to uh, hang out, ride some rides, and uh, eat some eats, and drink some drinks. And we have discovered we kind of go to the same bars and stuff. So we want to ask you, the lovely listener, where's some places that we need to hit up? Where's some watering holes that we need to visit? We want to pick your brain. So here are some of the establishments that we have been to. So keep this in mind when you reach out and give us a suggestion. We're looking for a new place. Or if, if, if you can't think of a new place, what is a drink or an experience that we need to try at a specific place? Does that make sense, Jay? I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. These are some of the bars that we've been to. We went to Abracadabra Bar, which that, that's a whole story in and of <laughs> itself. We went to uh, Bar Riva. Mm. Of course, we've been to Trader Sam's. Of course, we've been to Jock Lindsay. Wine Bar George. We've been to the Enchanted Rose. Skipper Canteen. Um, don't know if that you could consider that a bar, but I mean, it has a fun atmosphere. Uh, we've been to Ogus. Of course, we've been to Baseline Tap House. Of course, we've been to Rose and Crown, Cava de Tequila, and Epcot. Been to the bar area of Steakhouse 71. Might go to the restaurant side of uh, Steakhouse 71. And of course, the Nomad Lounge in Animal Kingdom. Those are some of the places that we've hit up multiple times on our trips to Walt Disney World. So I want to know what are we missing? What do we need to go experience? Hit us up on the social. You can hit me up at Landoz, at Does Does Disney on Twitter. Uh, hit up the podcast itself on the socials as well uh, and uh, get in the Discord as well. Um, uh, maybe we can read some of those answers next week. Help us go. plan our trip, people, because as you know, planning a Disney trip is exhausting. <laughs> yeah, but it's always fun to try new things. Um, yes, yes, it is. Did you say you haven't been to Three Bridges? No, at, no, have not been there. At Coronado. So I would put that as an early contender for for one that you should try. Okay, not. For, I, I don't know if I've ever been to Coronado, period. Or you did, too. I've, you went to Rex's. Uh, the Re that's Rick's, right. Rick's. Yeah, yeah, the sports bar. That's that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You, you went to Rick's. That place, that, that place is legit. <laughs> so Rex's. I was thinking of T-Rex. Rick's, yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, <laughs> Rex's three bridges uh, bar and grill always gets recommended. And I have not made it out there yet. So I think and that would be one that you could probably get into relatively easily without too much of a fuss. But I, I will, okay. I'm going to I'm going to hold back. I'm not going to give any more recommendations for now because I'll let other people do that. But that's that's going to be an example of one that you guys could recommend to Landon and Lindsay. Yeah. And, and that, that 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 would be perfect because we do have some rest days built in exclusively to resort hop and go to Disney Springs. So, I mean, that's that's exactly what I'm looking for. Also, uh, throw in um, uh, the Edison as well. We've been to the Edison. We're definitely going back there. Yeah. I was thinking there was one that I w- that came to mind that I know you've been to, and now it slipped my mind, but I don't think you said it. Like for- That's the thing. It's, it, it's, like, it's like I know I'm missing some that, that, yeah. that, I, that I didn't mention. I know I'm missing some. Yeah, that's all right. You may get some dupes, but that's okay. It. I think the idea here is like if you were rec- if if you were going to recommend a lesser known bar at, on Disney property to someone who's traveling to Disney. I mean, keep in mind the ones Landon mentioned, but just, you know, what are, what are some of those out of the way places or less popular ones that you're like, you got to go here and try this out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. one thousand percent. Uh, uh, been to Enzo's Hideaway, both the bar and the restaurant. That's the one. Enzo's. That's yep. the one I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, you, and the Lotus went there uh, when when I took her on uh, on her Christmas trip. Yep, yep. They got a good uh, hazelnut, old fashioned, my friends. Oh, that's so good, so good. <laughs> so, let's get those recommendations. Hit up Landos, Elliendios. Oh, 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 oh. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to sing Sir, your that song. That was almost gimmick infringement. <laughs> Hit it. Hit them with your your uh, tags and and in your songs and all of your plugs. All right, L A N D O Z. Please go. Don't. I'm the best. Landon. Don't. Not the rest. That's you can follow me. Two hundred and eighty characters at a time on Twitter. Um, uh, I also appear on the Phil Show News Talk ninety eight seven W. Okay, I radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, streaming 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at Newstalk987.com. Also available on the iHeartRadio app and the Newstalk987 app as well. Um, uh, damn, it feels good to be back on the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. It has been a uh, long, cold two-ish weeks. How long has it been since I've been on this thing? It's been a couple <laughs> weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been a long time, but I am so glad to be back uh, with y'all once again. Thank you for giving us... The time that you do, it means the world that you give us a second, let alone a minute or an hour, however long this podcast has been going. Uh, You could be doing literally anything else in the world with your time. And the fact that you give it to us does not go unappreciated. Y'all are the best fans in the podcasting game. You're the reason we keep doing this. Love y'all. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, absolutely. Could not have said it better myself. As we go out the door here, I do want to say one thing because I know that she'll just love it. If you haven't already reached out to Jen Dillo and wished her a happy birthday, please do it because she loves her birthday so much. And I know that she wants all the birthday wishes, even belated birthday wishes, to continue to remind her it's her birthday. She is one half of the sibling duo on Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz. Jen, happy birthday from the morning monorail. We love you, Jen. Happy birthday! (laughs) Congratulations on being older than me. And I hope that you all will do that. And I hope that you will hang out with us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Our group is the Monday Morning Monorail Fam on Facebook. If you don't want to do that, at least join us right back here next week for another episode of the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. And until you do that, thank a team member, thank a cast member, be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.